How's my voice sounding? I don't know. It sounds okay. Maybe you could speak up a little bit. Fine, asshole. Do you have any funny opening bits we want to do? Nope. Hello, and welcome to Sequel Decay, where we struggle to get through the day one franchise at a time. I'm Bleeding, and with me is Stefan Salehio. Hi, Bleeding. I'm Stefan Salehio. We're finally done with Spider-Man month, guys. <laughs> I never want to watch another Spider-Man movie again. This is the last episode of Spider-Man month. Yep. Oh. It's, it's been a long haul. I'm so tired. I think it's going to be a long, long time before we do another fucking month of franchise stuff. I think it's gonna be a long, long time. That was the joke! It doesn't help that, like, I've watched, like, every single one of these movies within, like, 48 hours before, like, we start recording the podcast. I, I tried to watch these, like, way before. I definitely failed. I mainly succeeded. So this week we're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man movies. You remember those? I remember those. No, you don't. You're not wrong, actually. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Amazing Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, released between 2012 and 2014. Yep. And they were both directed by the ironically named Mark Webb. I never, I never put that together until now. <laughs> <laughs> but and they both star um, Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. I look forward to talking about these movies to fan. Do you? No, that's good. I'm gonna kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> Please Ready? do. Good. So, The Amazing Spider-Man is the first of. Three other reboots of the franchise. The fourth theatrically released Spider-Man film. It came out ten years after the first one. It's And it's the best of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yes. It stars Academy Award nominee Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Oscar winner Emma Stone. BAFTA nominee Reese Ivins. Golden Globe winner Martin Sheen. Two-time Academy Award winner Sally Field. Two-time Den- Golden Globe nominee Dennis Leary. Kill me. And, of course... The love interest from Army of Darkness. Oh, fuck. (laughs) You're going to talk about Army of Darkness for 30 minutes this episode again. Yes, I am. Oh, joy. So in The Amazing Spider-Man of Darkness, a young man named Ash Parker is bitten by a genetically altered deadite, and he gains newfound deadite-like powers as well as a chainsaw hand, and defeats evil while solving the mystery of how his friends were killed in the cabin. Okay, so all of that is bullshit, but if you essentially just look at our plot summary for the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie... That's this movie. That's this movie. Replace the goblin with the lizard, and you've got this movie. To quickly sum up our opinions, I think we could both say the results were suboptimal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so before I saw this movie again, I actually thought I was watching it for the first time. Yeah. Because I forgot almost everything about the movie, minus a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this movie kind of blows. I uh, This is actually the one of the only movies I've seen in a foreign country for the first time. I oh, went nice. to see it in El Salvador, and I saw it like, twice in the same week. Because I really liked it when it first came out. I've liked it less every time I've seen it. I think this is probably my fourth time seeing it, maybe fifth. This is my second time. And I, yeah, like you said, this is so forgettable. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot a couple things, like, how much, like, the more I watch it, the more I notice, like, these kind of glaring flaws I have with it. Uh, the marketing for this movie was... Garbage. Inter- well, it was garbage, but it was interesting in the sense that they definitely tried to market it as kind of the darker, grittier Spider-Man, because this was kind of, like, in the wake of the Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm-hmm. It couldn't just be a Spider-Man story, it had to be a dark, gritty Batman uh, Spider-Man story that 
explored and previously unseen side of him. And they marketed it as such. Like, one of the taglines to a lot of the posters was discover the untold story or something to that effect. And a lot of that had more to do with Peter's parents, who were mentioned in the first, in the Sam Raimi trilogy, obviously, because Peter's an orphan, but not really to any, they weren't really explored to any significant extent. So I guess this was go- this was going to do that. The, this first movie specifically just doesn't really land. <laughs> Here are the two taglines that you were kind of teasing. Yeah. One obviously being the untold story begins. Yeah. And the other one being his past was kept from him. His search for answers has just begun. Well, fucking it's literally just the first Raimi movie but with a shittier <laughs> color palette. <laughs> Uh, it's it, well, and also it's not and, an untold story. Well, and also Spider-Man's more of a dickhead in this movie. Yeah, I kind of like he's always kind of been that way. Usually, uh, like to criminals, I. It feels like it's he feels like more of a blatant dickhead in this one. There's a part of me that kind of gets it. Like in theory, it makes sense because he's just starting out yeah, and he doesn't really know what he's doing. I think he's definitely meant to function more more as like a very angry character. Yeah. Yes. And I think it just, and I can understand that in theory, but I think in practice it just comes off really stupid. I think with this movie, like, it really does kind of boil down to a movie that just is less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Because the parts, like, on their face value, like, they could be something that's interesting to explore. Like, um, Peter's parents, his, the maybe him as a more angry, brooding character... His relationship with Gwen Stacy, which is not particularly well developed well, in the comics. Well, in considering who directed this, again, Mark Webb, his last film before this would have been 500 Days of Summer. Yep. And it's still a wonderful movie, and I recommend it or something. Because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and it's objectively better than this. I would imagine so, yeah. I guess if we're specifically, specifically talking about the tone of the movie, because this movie did want to... The marketing, at least, did want to give off the, the impression that this was going to be a dark, gritty Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is, who is not generally considered to be a dark, gritty character. I mean, there are definitely dark aspects to his stories, but Yeah, he's just not... like Spider-Man Rain in One More Day. Shut the fuck up. But, uh, he, he's never considered, like, uh, dark or as violent a character as somebody, as Punisher or Moon Knight or even Batman or something. Oh god, no. And, uh, uh, like, there's nothing wrong with trying to explore that side of him. It's just not really something that's ever been pursued. Well, well, anyway. I guess Grim Hunt, but that's all I can think of at the moment. Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Since you brought up The Punisher. Mm-hmm. You know what I'd kill to see Thomas Jane play a 16-year-old Peter Parker, but act like The Punisher the whole time? Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> There's like Thomas Jane, like 45 to 50-year-old Thomas Jane in a fucking tight-ass Spider-Man outfit that makes his ass look good. And he's 16, uh, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> As he's, like, brutally murdering people with, like, pipe wrenches and fucking, you know, hanging people with, like, chain nooses and shit. Who are you? I'm (laughs) Spider-Man. This is a crime. This isn't crime. This isn't justice either. This is punishment. It's like... Like, that would be great. It's like, cry justice. But... (laughs) No, no. This is punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, going back to your going back to your earlier crucial point, <laughs> Spider Man's ass looks great in this movie because <laughs> this movie is generally edited kind of badly, and we can talk oh. about that later. So it like yeah. it just kind of lingers too long on a lot of the shots, and one of the shots it lingers on is like Spider Man lying face down in the concrete, and it's just, his 
very pronounced ass <laughs> kind of staring back at the screen. Um, also, going back to my initial comment, and then we'll go back to Spider-Man's ass. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield was two years older than Tobey Maguire was when he started playing Spider-Man. Yeah, and he doesn't look like a high school No, boy. he does not. He no. looks, I think he looks more so than Tobey Maguire. Neither does Emma Stone. Not really, no. I, although I think she was closer to early 20s at this point, right? She was 22. Like, she was 17, I think, when Superbad came out, I'm yeah, assuming. This is, yeah, so she'd be about 22. Yeah. Yeah, she, she doesn't really look like a high schooler, but at least she's closer. Uh, Andrew, I guess so. <laughs> Andrew Garfield could play a college kid at this point. Uh, yeah. He doesn't look like a high schooler. Oh, he could play a college kid at this point, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, back to his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> so the movie marketed itself a lot of this very dark tone, and when you actually watch the movie, it's like all aesthetic choices that are darker. It's like, still kind of goofy. It's pretty goofy. Like, the colors are really dark, it takes place at night, like, 90% of the time. There there are some, like, kind of very violent scenes. There's a weird, it, like, torture-ish scene. Yeah. That doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. This movie's totally fucking jumbled. Yeah, there's a, there's a scene where Flash, like, beats the holy shit out of Peter, and it, like, lasts for way too long, and, like, goes a bit too much. Like, Flash is a fucking psychopath in this movie. Oh, yeah, he's he's... My favorite Flash. He, he's my, yeah, he's my favorite Flash too. Not because it's a good portrayal, but because he goes from being an absolute dickhead psychopath who like beats tortures kids and beats the shit out of Peter to like Peter's best friend in the school. Yeah, like he just comes up hugging him, and then he just like bit- decks the shit out of Peter, and then suddenly, sorry about your uncle, man. <laughs> it's like yeah, I heard about your uncle and. If- you know, if you ever need a, a shoulder to cry on. Why don't you cry on my fist in your fucking ass? <laughs> like, it's just like watching two guys in a bar, like, smashing each other's faces in with bottles and chairs and tables and anything they can get their fucking hands on. Then about 15 seconds later, oh man, you're bleeding pretty bad. You know, a beer will help you out. Let's get you a beer. Or like watching any hockey fight. <laughs> Um, just, just the fucking hockey player slits another guy's throat with the fucking uh, skate blade. Oh man, I should really help you up. Let's get you some. Let's get you some ice for that throat wound. Oh shit, you're dead. Uh, sorry, bro. We could have been friends. But... <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, I love your alter ego. Yeah, the tone is completely muddled in this movie. It's like it, it's got a very dark tone. There's a lot of gr- dark green, dark blue, black. It's super ugly to look at. The tone of the dialogue is very quippy. Yeah. And it's very lighthearted. It's very back and forth. Uh Uh-huh. The villain's plot winds up being, I'm going to turn everybody in New York into a lizard. Because I'm a genius. (laughs) Make America Komodo dragons again. (laughs) Makta. So, that actually sounds like a really good, like, kaiju movie, actually, Makta. Yeah. And as for the untold story aspect, they devote very little time to... Uh, Peter's parents, I feel. Yeah. Like, they just kind of throw it in as, like, a five-minute scene in the beginning, and then they mostly drop it, like, about midway through. It's just kind of a reason for Peter to get mad at Uncle Ben. Yeah! And for that whole debacle to happen. It's actually kind of surprising how much they just kind of lifted from... Well, I don't want to say lifted, but, like, how much identical beats it hits from the Sam Raimi movie. Which is, I mean, that's kind of going to ha- gonna happen when you do a Spider-Man origin story. Yeah. It, li- it Sometimes it literally just does feel like that movie, but with a shittier color palette. Okay, so Peter Parker's a dickhead in this movie. Like, he's just this, like, 
You ever heard that song Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne? Chris, I'm 22. Of course I've heard Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. Okay, he's kind of what I'd expect that song to be about. It. So I do get a very <laughs> strong young, young, young adult novel wish fulfillment protagonist vibe from him. Yes, and... <laughs> That's that's what I was saying. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we're saying the same thing. Oh, yes. Because uh, he's kind of uh, outcast, but he's also really hot. Uh, <laughs> and he's and, also kind of a rebel and, and like a, snar- a really snarky and he's fast very with the snarky, jokes. but he's very smart because he's good at science. And also he's got a great ass. Also, he gets away with being a stalker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was weird. That was hot. Gwench your thoughts so. To derail it for a bit, this this whole movie does kind of feel like a YA novel adaptation of spider-man to me yeah kind of like the whole mystery box of peter's parents at least in the setup is like very uh your parents were hiding something from you and you need to find out why and claim your destiny which was kind of very typical of the teen novels of the era i'm not saying i'm not saying this is a criticism it's just kind of a neat comparison actually you know what i am gonna say that as a criticism um can i just derail this for a second and say i am so glad we sure derail my derailment (laughs) okay we as a society I'm so glad that we are so fucking done with mystery box shit. Yeah. I'm so glad that that's over, because that little, like, five-year period was embarrassing to live in. I mean, yeah, mystery boxes are, despite what J.J. Abrams says, kind of... Suck. Yeah, kind of are kind of dumb and hacky. Yeah, it's just J.J. Abrams going, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing! Yeah. (laughs) It is my first. And then belief. Ryan Johnson saying, "Hey, hey, here's a, here's a cool answer to that." JJ saying, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that was Lucasfilm going, "Nah." <laughs> well, whatever. Whoever said it, they can blow me. What the fuck were we talking about? All oh, right, Andrew Garfield. Uh, okay. So yeah, I so, do get a very strong wish fulfillment vibe from this one. I can't believe I'm saying that the second one actually improves on this. <laughs> yeah, because it's the only thing the second one actually improves on. I mean, yeah, he's he's great as Spider-Man in the second one. He's really one. good as Spider-Man in the second one. He's still not a very good Peter Parker, because I think he's still in that Spider-Man mood. And still kind of in that wish-fulfillment boy mood. You want to know something? What? I like him better as both than Tobey Maguire. Oh. I, like, oh, I'm not going to go super in it, because I made my feelings on Tobey Maguire pretty clear. Aw, oh, does someone have a hot take? I have, does the band have a hot take? I have many good takes. Fuck you, Chris. But <laughs> this is a steaming hot pile of trash take so, you have going here. Tobey Maguire is a mediocre Peter Parker and a bad Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield is a mediocre Peter Parker and anywhere from a mediocre to great Spider-Man. <laughs> I think Andrew and, Garfield is a bad Peter Parker, but in the second one, a wonderful Spider-Man. I think a lot of what he does with Spider-Man kind of is either le- elevated by his interactions with people. Yes. Yeah. Or let down by the editing. I think a lot of his work as Peter is elevated by interacting with other people, which I think is the biggest strength of this movie. Yeah. Uh, and let down by the editing, which is maybe the biggest weakness of the movie. Can we talk about the train scene real quick? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so there's a scene in this movie for the six of you that haven't seen this film before. I think it's probably more than that. I don't know that this movie necessarily made a whole lot of bank. I think the first one made enough bank... It, I think the second one was the one that disappointed. Maybe it's more that nobody's going to remember it. So yeah, anyway, tell people about the trans scene. <laughs> right, so for those of you that don't remember, or haven't seen it, there's a scene where Peter is on the subway heading home after he got bit by the spider at Oscorp. And 
it's basically just him testing out his powers and kind of, well, not testing out, but, like, realizing that something's up. Mm -hmm. Like, he rips someone's shirt off completely. Yeah. Which, that counts as sexual assault, I think. Yep. Cool! And it's supposed (laughs) to be funny. This was, what, 2012? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) But, yeah, and then, you know, he beats the shit out of a bunch of guys, he scares everyone on the train that's actually awake at that point, Mm -hmm. and it's edited in such a way that I, I'm not epileptic, and I thought I was gonna have a fucking seizure. Yeah, it's a lot of very quick cuts, like... I think a lot of the action in this in, in these movies are pretty bad. Just in general, it's pretty bad. Yeah, they're all really bad. We can actually talk about that, but I just want to finish my point on Andrew Garfield. Sure. Assuming I had one. But uh, I, as for your point about Spider-Man kind of being a dick, I guess that doesn't bother me that much. No, and, and I mean, that's, that's fine. It, I think what bothers me is that, again, in theory, I can see it working on a thematic level yeah. of, again, like someone just not kind of knowing what to do or say appropriately in those moments. But, like, I because mean, he's just starting out. But in practice, it just feels really, it just seems really stupid. Like, nothing really landed. His jokes aren't that funny. No, his jokes are not actually that funny. I was, no. I was surprised to remember that. Like, yeah, he's um, not actually that funny. Like, I'm I'm jumping way too far ahead, but there's this scene in the beginning of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. where he goes, hey, what's up? I'm Spider-Man, but you can call me Webhead, you can call me Amazing, but you can't call me late to dinner. Get it? And he literally says, get it, at the end of the joke. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just wanted to fucking die! <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I don't even see him being, like, so much of a... Di- like, him being a dickhead is, like, also contrasted with him, like, legitimately being a hero. Like, his little interaction with that kid he rescues on the bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's kind of corny, personally. That, that actually... But I do like it in general. You, you want to talk about corny? Why don't we talk about that fucking New York solidarity scene with the cranes? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that scene is when there's, like, this overhead shot. And the spotlight comes down on Spider-Man, and then it goes all the way to where his destination is to be like, here's point A and here's point B. It's like a waypoint in a video game. <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> See, it's back to the fucking total dissonance, like, it's like this, and it's still like, bars are like, this is the dark night of like, Spider-Man. Like, say what you will about the fucking New York Solidarity scene, the first one, where it's just a bunch of idiots throwing shit at the Goblin, going, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us! Yeah. At least that was kind of charming. Yeah. <laughs> this is just bad, because it's just a bunch of cranes just coming up going, you got this, Spider-Man! <laughs> <laughs> you think it's like that scene in Two Towers, where, like, Gandalf is like, the eagles, the eagles have arrived, or whoever the fuck says it. It's like, the cranes! The cranes, <laughs> the cranes have arrived! <laughs> no, and what the best part was, it was the father of that kid that he saved in that corny yeah. ass scene, yeah. making it even <laughs> Going, man, that, that guy saved my son, so I'm gonna get the fucking... I'm gonna go get me some fucking cranes. I'm gonna get me the New York Crane Union. <laughs> The union, the crane union of New York. No, the crane union of Queens specifically. Cock. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it is cock, isn't it? Shut up, phone. <sighs> oh my fucking god! Like, 
it's just, it seems like that, that, yeah, like you said, there's like this extreme tonal dissonance that I haven't seen since the Book of Henry. We're not talking about the Book of Henry right now. <laughs> but, um, actually, I th- no, Book of Henry's worse. Never mind. To, to actually bring some positives into this discussion, because, like, I don't hate this movie. No, no, I neither just, do I. I, I just, just kind of think it's boring. Uh, I think, hey. yeah, well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think where it does kind of shine is, like, interactions with other people. Or when they're natural. Interact- yeah, they're natural. When, when they don't feel forced, because there are... It's more in the second one than the first one. Like, I think... The, it's more of a problem in the second one. But. It's more of a problem in the second one. But in the first one, a lot of the interactions between, like, him and Ant-Man and Uncle Ben, or him and Gwen, they actually feel kind of natural. And yeah. I think that comes from Mark Webb's background of directing, like, 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Where he's really good at getting those really, like, cool human interaction moments. Yeah. And that also kind of gave me, in a positive way, kind of a more young adult novel vibe. Where yeah. It's like the di- the dialogue is like very quirky and adorkable, but I think it is pulled off relatively well usually. Yeah. Like, um, I think, um, yeah, like especially the scenes between like him and Uncle Ben, like I think, I think, yeah. Mar- I think Martin Sheen's a great, he's really good. Great fucking Uncle Ben. I forgot how good he is. There's a scene in the second movie <laughs> and I... <laughs> where it shows young Uncle Ben, and it it's just young Martin Sheen, so it looks a shit like Charlie Sheen. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, young Uncle Ben, the cokehead who kept screaming about having tiger blood. <laughs> and winning. Yeah. And then went on to star in a movie about being in the elevator of one of the Twin Towers during September 11th. That's the untold story of Spider-Man. Uncle Ben was actually in the Twin Towers during September 11th. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck! <laughs> that didn't click until now. Have you seen the trailer for that movie? Yes, I have. Okay, this is fucking hysterical. Oh god, there's this great line at the end of the trailer. No, it's fucking uh, Charlie Sheen saying, you know... It's not the fall that kills God. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it in like this the most serious fucking voice. That whole thing looks like such an embarrassment and a national disgrace. I'm surprised nobody shot the fucking negative of it into the fucking sun via catapult. Um I also like really like Sally Field as Aunt May. I, I really love her too. We love her. We, we really, really love, love her. her. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's continuing the trend of Aunt May gradually getting younger as these movies go along. Yeah. Sally but I mean, Fe- like, Sally Field is, like, the appropriate age. And, like, Marissa Tomei, she's not... Like, it's just a new It's just a new spin on it, and yeah. I don't mind it. But, like, we also don't really get enough of her of her and Peter to for me to really get attached to her. Are we talking about Sally Field or Marissa Tomei? Marissa Tomei. Okay, because I was going to say, I think she's completely fine in it. I think the interactions between the two were great. Yeah. And also, we gotta keep in mind, guys, no, she's not, you know, that much younger. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but Sally Field actually does get, like, a whole bunch of time in these movies. She does, and she's and pretty she, good in she's it. She's really good. Yeah, you, she's, you, she's not as good as she is in Mrs. Doubtfire, but... Maybe not. But, um, do you kind of get more of her being, like, a put-upon working woman than you got in the, in the Raimi trilogy, obviously, because Aunt May in those movies was fucking ancient? I think you got some aspects of that in yeah. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, you, um... Is it the first one or the second one where she talks about how she's having to waitress and work as a nurse? Or, like, is starting to work as a nurse? Oh, that would be the, that would be the first second one. one. I think that's the first one. They definitely bring it up in the second one. Okay, well, they probably bring it up in the um, second one. In isolation, because I'm general, I'm pretty checked out of the movie at this point. Like, I like what she says, Peter Parker, you are plenty good enough. It's like, oh, man, she's a great mom. 
It's like uh, I that that's a nice little line. Uh, she's great. Put the fucking Pikachu away. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Emma Stone. All right, Emma Stone's good. Yeah, Emma Stone is <laughs> surprising. Okay. Yeah, surprisingly enough, like we don't have a lot of problems with Emma Stone because uh, she's a good actress. Who knew? Who, yeah, who would have thought? Right? Who'd have thought? I mean, she won a fucking Oscar for the Amazing Spider-Man two, I think. Right? Yeah, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not La La Land. Not no, not that. Like, who the fuck talks about that anymore? No, yeah, nobody exactly. At, Meanwhile, seminal classic Amazing Spider-Man 2 is still talked about in film classes today. But I don't think either of them are talked about in film classes. Well, I mean, La La Land is much newer, too. Like, I don't think either of them are in the right time frame to be talked about in film classes. But anyway, yeah, Emma Stone is really good. Emma Stone is really good in this. Like, this was, I think, kind of the beginning of the Gwen Stacy renaissance, I want to say. Or yeah. maybe it was a little later, because I think... In the comics, it kind of started with um, Spider-Man Blue, which was kind of like a, supposed to be like a retrospective on Spider-Man's relationship with, with Gwen. Okay. Uh, and before that, like Gwen was a pretty like one-note character. Yeah. Uh, she was the most important thing about her is that she died, and the, and Blue kind of went into her relationship with Peter. Okay. And then you had her appearing in this movie, and because Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone had such good chemistry in these movies, uh, that kind of elevated her presence to the point where eventually Spider-Gwen became a thing. Now Gwen Stacy, mostly as Spider-Gwen, is an established character mm-hmm. in... What's cool? In Marvel. But... Hey, Avia Rod did one good thing. <laughs> one! I don't know, she gets a lot of scenes with Andrew Garfield where, uh, like I said before, like sometimes the editing lets them down and it just kind of lasts a little too long, but they're like mostly charming, charming little scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish your dad wasn't played by Dennis fucking Leary. Actually, I think he's one of the highlights of the movie. He sucks. Oh, but we do, we do not have to talk too much about Dennis Leary because this movie doesn't spend much time talking about him anyway. So what the fuck ever. But apparently we that means he's warrants like an extended cameo in the next one. <laughs> which makes I, me want to fucking die. You know what? what? I really want to talk about how much I love his overextended cameo in the second movie. Where, where he, he just kind of stares blankly Disapproving at Dennis Leary! <laughs> Is the funniest Dennis Leary. Mm-hmm. Aside from Dennis Leary, who we all remember from his highlight performance as Diego in the Ice Age movies. And also singing that classic song, Asshole. This movie does kind of strand some A-list actors within it. Uh, Irfan Khan is totally wasted. Yeah. As kind of a one-note dickhead character who appears for like two scenes. Uh, the villain is, um, you're gonna have to remind me how to pronounce his name. Reese right? Ivans. Reese Ivans. Uh, who is... Well, by all accounts, a great actor. He is wonderful. Um, I mean, every time I watch him in a movie, I always think about his performance in uh, Pirate Radio. Mm-hmm. And he's wonderful in that. Yeah. But here he's just, like, completely fucking wasted. And he, it's, so, mis- he it's plays, so upsetting to watch. He plays Dr. Kirk Connors. Yeah. Uh, who originally played him in the Raimi trilogy? Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker. Who he, was also in Trick or Treat as the serial killer principal. And he also played a pedophile in the movie Happiness. Fun times. I think I I wouldn't be surprised if like his his like plot progression in this movie is kind of what they were planning for Spider Man four or five or whatever. I the would fuck not be shocked if that was the case. And like Reese Ivans is fine himself, but his character and his character does get some development at the beginning. His character is very underwritten. I'd say overall. It's, like, uh, he's underwritten in general, but like you get the beginnings of something in the beginning, but after he becomes the lizard. It just falls apart. Yeah, it just falls apart. It's just goofy as fuck. Like he want he wants to turn everybody in New York into a fucking gecko. That's <laughs> that's that's his plan. And this dark, gritty reimagining of Spider Man is 
turning everybody into everyone. Wa- everyone's gonna be the Geico Gecko now, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen minutes under this serum can save you fifteen percent or more on your car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and this is especially weird because, like, Lizard is. I mean, yes, he's kind of goofy in the comics, but like, he could be pretty. His stories could be pretty fucking dark. Um, that's why I think Dylan Baker would have been the perfect casting, and I brought this up extensively in the last episode, but I'll do it again. He's really good at playing, like, again, like, he played a pedophile in the movie Happiness. He played a serial killer who kills kids in Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I brought up a scene in Trick or Treat in the original, so, in the original Spider-Man episode, so I will bring up a scene from Happiness in, uh, this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this amazing fucking sequence, it's really funny, it's a dream scene. Mm-hmm. Where he goes into this park and he's just got this giant fucking rifle with him. And he's just shooting up everybody in the park. Yeah. And because he has just this menacing fucking cold, like, distant look on his fucking face. Like, there's this, like, there's this actual, like, legitimate terror that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, like that. And again, I brought up the scene in Trick or Treat where he poisons this kid with candy. And he does it in the most menacing and charming oddly way possible where like he's talking about the traditions of halloween and he just looks at the kid after and he goes oh there's one more i forgot always check your candy and he just starts puking everywhere <laughs> like have you seen trick-or-treat no i haven't you should it's so good it sounds good you, you will probably be on my side with dylan baker as soon as you're done watching that okay but no but basically because he is such a menacing he can be such a menacing force as an actor mm-hmm. when he's performing in you know roles like that i'm really disappointed disheartened and just really sad that they didn't do anything with him yeah. as kurt connors and i think they could have done a lot with him as the lizard yeah and i think he would have been perfect as the lizard i think that would have been the thing that like broke him into the mainstream but no yeah which <laughs> why would we do that which isn't to say that reese ivins couldn't have been a really fucking good oh no reese either. ivins could have been good too but but the problem is that they do nothing with them yeah and in the comics, his character is so much more tragic because he has a family, too. Yeah. And, like, him being the lizard keeps driving him away from them until... In a more recent one, and I don't know how well-received this comic is, because I read it a long time ago, and I haven't had time to re-examine it, but he, acts, but he actually, like, he, he gives in to the bestial nature of the lizard because he keeps getting more and more unhinged, and he actually kills his own son. Jesus. Uh, was a really fucking harrowing moment. <laughs> Wow, that would really fit the Dylan Baker mold one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was actually in a series called The Gauntlet, which came out after One More Day. Like, it was oh, okay. when, when, like, post One More Day, it was really hitting its stride, I found. I, I, I'm i not saying that, that Lizard being goofy is a bad thing. It's just, he's it underwritten. Fit. He's underwritten. He's underwritten. It, it doesn't it, fit the tone of the movie that they were going for. Exactly. He looks like shit. He oh, looks like yeah. absolute shit. What's he missing again? A fucking snout! <laughs> Hashtag, give the lizard a snout. It's fucking atrocious to look at. Like, what What the fuck were you thinking? Oh my god. Anyway, you know why the lizard was the villain in this? Because, because Sony wanted him to Because he's Avi Arad's favorite Spider-Man villain. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> um, But anyways, Tafan, what else you got? Uh, just some quick stuff. Um, I think it was really... As, as great as Uncle Ben is in this movie, like, I think it was really fucking stupid how the changes to that, like... Instead of like him being shot randomly by a muggler and just a sent mugger instead of a senseless killing, he a actually muggler. Lo- muggler. <laughs> <laughs> he got shot by a Harry Potter character. Yeah. <laughs> he like actively leaps for the guy's gun. 
I thought that yeah. was pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, uh, I makes, I noticed that Gwen Stacy has a Yankees pennant, uh, in her room and going with my ongoing theme of disputing the lore of comic book characters, baseball, favorite baseball teams. I think this is appropriate because her dad's a pig. This, this movie gets a lot of shit for like having the one scenes that like focus a way too long on the fact that Peter is using Bing, <laughs> uh, as, as a, as Sony a Vile. Yeah. Sorry? And a Sony Vio. And a Sony Vio, but, like, it's the I've seen the Bing thing referenced more often, and that's pretty funny. Did I actually have a point about that, or did I just mention it? Oh, but I thought it was even funnier that he started looking up, like, symptoms of spider bites when he started, like, clinging to walls and beating the shit out of people. Because <laughs> yeah, we all know that's what a Black Widow bite does. Anyway, those are our thoughts of, uh, on Amazing Spider-Man. It's exceptionally mediocre, and I've already forgotten most of it. Would you recommend it? Probably not. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm in the middle of the road or no camp. I feel like I can't really justify middle of the road just because, like, there's no real reason for anybody to watch it. Yeah, that's fair. It, as far as, like, Spider-Man origin stories go, like, as much as I have a problem with the first Raimi... I have problems with the first Raimi movie, like, it's still infinitely superior to this one. Uh, and if you want a younger, a young take on Peter, on Peter Parker, you've got fucking homecoming and if you want a darker take on on spider-man you have stuff like grim hunter back in black or the gauntlet or something like that okay then yeah i'm a thumbs down too yeah is i, I thought it, I, I thought i was gonna go middle of the road but like i can't really just bring it up to that no it's 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 like a light thumbs down yeah i would say that. low middle of the road yeah um i guess like if you really 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 want to watch it for whatever reason it's not it's like, not gonna offend it's not gonna offend your sensibilities or anything no or at least no. it shouldn't speaking of offending your sensibilities let's talk about the amazing spider-man 2 Woo! fuck all right stefan it's your turn so according to joe newmeyer of the new york daily news the amazing <laughs> spider-man 2 is epic gripping and spectacularly entertaining there are a lot of ellipses in that's in that in that quote so who knows about that but anyway, Amazing Spider-Man 2, also directed by Mark Webb, is the continuation to Amazing Spider-Man. This one also stars Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and Sally Field, but it bring but it brings in new villains to the cast, such as Electro, played by Jamie Foxx, and Harry Osborn, played by Dane DeHaan, and Paul Giamatti, who's playing, I, I guess, the Rhino. <laughs> Jesus. And <laughs> so what'd you think of the movie? Wow. Uh, I think we're done with the synopsis. What'd you think of the movie? It's fucking bad. Jesus Christ. It's really fucking bad. Like, I've heard people say it's, like, the worst Spider-Man movie, and I still think Spider-Man 3 is worse. But this is a chore to get through. It feels long, too. Uh, it's, like, almost as long as Spider-Man 3, I think. I, I'm, I feel like this and Spider-Man 3 are tied for worst, I think. Yeah. I haven't really made a decision yet based on this rewatch. But all that matters is that this movie is trash. All that matters is, I will say this though, this felt shorter to me than Spider-Man 3. I think, it felt shorter to oh, me, geez. but I, I think I looked at the runtime and they aren't that different. No, they're off by like, fucking three minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess credit to this movie that it feels much breezier than Spider-Man 3. And it's the longer one of the two. And to be fair... I do like some things about this movie. Yeah, I I, I like the suit except for the eyes, because I think the eyes are too big. The eyes are a little big, and I, I... A little creepy, honestly. You think so? It looks a little creepy to me. I mean, like, like the eyes do. 
Like, everything else looks really good about it. I think this is my favorite live-action Spider-Man suit, honestly. That is completely I, th- I think the new ones, like, they look they look great, uh, but I think this one looks a little, little less cartoony. Uh, I think the only thing that I would change about this, like, knowing what the technology we have now is to make the eyes emote. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, I think it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the color palette for this movie is much improved. It's not just grimy, gray, green shit. Yeah. Uh, it's more, much more vibrant and colorful. Um, I like that. I like that both these movies actually focus more on the science angle with Peter. Yeah. The scientist. Oh, angle. yeah. Like, that is something I did actually really appreciate. Is that like he's designing his web shooters. He's, you know, he's doing a bunch of science stuff. He's showing off his knowledge. Uh, oh, I also like the scene where, or well, this little fragment of the scene, I should say. Peter, it like shows the angles that Peter's thinking from of like having to stop people from getting electrocuted, but also that having was, to stop like that a, was a really cool sequence. Uh, I like. That Peter's first strategy when fighting Electro was first to try to talk him down. Yeah. I think the way he acted in that scene was really good. Yeah, I think Andrew Garfield in general is great as Spider-Man in this movie. Like, yeah. even if, he, even if like, a lot of his lines don't really give him a lot to work with. I, like, I was gonna say, yeah, like, I think he's a great Spider-Man in this movie. I'd say better than Tobey Maguire by yeah. far. Oh, yeah. But he's still just kind of a mediocre Peter Parker. I think he's. I think he's a fine Peter Parker. Like I don't think much of Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker anyway, though. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I really like this. I actually also really like the scene where like he uh, saves the kid from those bullies and like helps him repair his yeah. uh, wind funnel or whatever the fuck. Too bad that leads to the stupidest scene. In the oh, movie end. but it does. Oh, that sucks ass. That actually kind of ruins it for me. Oh uh, well, in isolation, it's a really nice scene. In isolation, it's a wonderful scene. But, I don't know if you could think of any other positives. I guess Peter and Gwen still have nice interactions, even if the rest of their relationship. I think the interactions out. are worse this time. Yeah. I I think they, they feel have more the, forced they ha- and awkward. They, okay, I'll I'll retake that. They have like the they have the beginnings of good chemistry, but they don't actually have any good like, dialogue. Good to dialogue work with. to work with. <laughs> they have a terrible like, script. As much as much problems as I have with the Raimi trilogy and the its depiction of relationships, and I still do, and I think. I actually probably think that it's worse in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. This is really fucking, like, Do you want to know... Forced and dragged out. You know, two of the screenwriters on this are Alex Kurtzman and Robert Orson, I right? was gonna... I was gonna comment on that, and... I mean, I don't expect anybody listening to this to have an intimate knowledge of screenwriters, because they don't... Why don't you tell us what else he's... They've done. I mean, Roberto Orsi, I think, is... They've both worked on... Did they both work on the Transformers movies? I think they've worked on a couple of the Transformers movies. Alex Kurtzman directed the new Mummy movie with Tom Cruise that was supposed to start off the Dark Universe. Rest in peace. I know they both worked on uh, Into Darkness, right? Star yeah, Trek they Into both Darkness. worked on Into Darkness. I don't. I think they worked on the first one as well. They did work on the first one. I think Roberto Orsi was still working on the third one, but on a produ- in a producer role. Oh, okay. And that makes sense, because that's by far the best of those movies anyway. Yeah, Jesus, what a bad movie. Yeah, I, I guess Jesus. I guess we're done with positives. This movie blows. This movie fucking blows. This is. Let's talk about how awful Jamie Foxx is in this movie. Holy shit, he's bad. Like I love Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is great. Too bad he's terrible in this movie. He's better on Beat Shazam than he is in this. <laughs> what the fuck is Beat Shazam? It's a new like reality game show. Thing oh shit! I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't know it was a thing, and then I watched, like, three episodes of it, and I'm like, this is embarrassing for Jamie Foxx, because he's so much better than this. Yeah. But whatever. His motive in this fucking movie is so galaxy brain. (laughs) It's fucking incredible. Like, yeah, Spider-Man said hi to me, and now, like, 
he's not saying hi to me anymore and he like he forgot my existence because why the fuck would he remember me so i'm going to kill everybody in new york he looks like shit too like all the villains in the in the amazing movies look like shit but Jamie Foxx is kind of a special case because he's Jamie just... Foxx looks like second-rate Doctor Manhattan in this. He does, he does. Except we don't see his, <laughs> which is unfortunate. To be fair, that does kind of look like his appearance in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, where he does kind of appear as like a blue being of electricity. Um, to be fair, again though, I think he looks like shit when he's like that. <laughs> I much prefer the green and yellow costume. I'm sure you could do a modernized take on that that doesn't look corny as fuck. Yeah, you probably could. Also, I hate the fucking costume he's wearing because it's just a fucking hoodie. It's just, it's a hoodie, and then later he wears like a generic black jumpsuit. Yeah, like that looks like one of the two thousand one X Men X Men <laughs> costumes. Um, but God, like going back to the Doctor Manhattan thing, do you remember that scene where he reemerges after being, uh, I guess, chained up or whatever? Yeah, and, like it, it really does remind me of the scene where Doctor Manhattan first emerges in his origin sequence in yeah. Watchmen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, like, in both the comic and the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. It's so fucking silly. Yeah, when I was watching, it was like, this looks really familiar to me. And then you then you, you texted me saying, like, oh, yeah, did you catch the Dr. Manhattan reference? Like, oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, he looks fucking awful. I think all all the villains are awful. Let's just get right into Let's get right into the... They do the three villain thing again. Let's just jump into it. They do the three fucking villain thing again. And unlike Spider-Man 3, where you could argue that Sandman was pretty good none of them are good no <laughs> what are you talking about the rhino is top tier jesus christ the rhino kiss Mwah. what the Mwah. fuck poor Mwah. paul giamatti <laughs> imagine getting being paul giamatti being this fucking great actor and being signed on to play like this russian blowhard who appears for like 30 seconds was it russian or was it polish who gives a shit i don't know what he definitely was russian Definitely Russian. Sistovich is a Russian is a Russian name. Yeah, but it, I don't know what accent he was doing. Oh, I'm, I mean, it, it sounds like fucking Boris and Natasha. It was. It was. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be the height of accuracy of a Slavic accent. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the rhino. The rhino is like one of my favorite Spider-Man villains too, just because he's like almost endearingly dumb. <laughs> fucking choose the scenery. fucking scenes he just chews the fucking scenery in this and like to the and it's not like chewing the scenery in like an entertaining way i, I just, thought it was entertaining i thought it was just kind of awkward because <laughs> in the second one especially he's like in this obviously cgi awful looking robot rhino get up <laughs> and he's just screaming into the void and nobody's really interacting with him <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. He's got, like, the barbed wire tattoo going around his bald-ass head. <laughs> <laughs> he wears a fucking tracksuit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> As we all... And he has a fucking hammer and sickle tattoo. <laughs> As all Russians do, I guess. <laughs> Because it's Hollywood law that all Russians are either part, are some combination of part of the mafia, always wearing tracksuits, or have some connection, or have some tattoo that remo- that alludes to the Soviet Union, I guess. He's in two fucking scenes, at the very beginning and the very end, when they're very sloppily setting up the Sinister Six. Yeah, and funnily enough, he's probably the best <laughs> the best villain in this movie. By far! <laughs> um... Harry Osborn's motivation is sloppy at best and completely misguided at worst. It's totally rushed, too. Oh, yeah, completely rushed. Like, I love how he's not completely pissed off at... Like, what would have been interesting would have been to see him, like, as soon as he gets forced out of Oscorp to, like, 
go all goblin then and go after them and Spider-Man stop them then. Yeah. But no, we gotta be like, he didn't give me his blood! Yeah. <laughs> Dane DeHaan, like, from what I've seen him in, he's a pretty good actor. He is amazing in Chronicle. He's awesome in Chronicle. He just does not have he it for sucks this. in like, this. And again, I think a lot of it is, one, he's being, he's underwritten. I also could probably blame it on bad direction. I I would I would probably go those directions like yeah. before I I don't really blame it like I don't blame him. I don't usually blame actors if you've noticed a pattern I like. <laughs> I will blame yeah no I I'm gonna blame the script I'm gonna blame the director because like I don't know what the fuck he was told to do here but ah I do like the one scene after like Spider Man tells him no I'm not gonna give you my fucking blood <laughs> where he like leaves and he's like he like starts trashing his room and there's this very <laughs> obvious ADR line it's like you're a fraud Spider Man. <laughs> and it's so obviously ADR because he's like like throwing like a table at the same time. <laughs> like this movie doesn't even get the Stan Lee cameo right like the first one does. No! The, the first one had a great Stan Lee cameo. The first one Stan Lee cameo is hilarious, and this one he's just there. Yeah. I know that guy. And that's it. It's the cameo. <laughs> we don't even know if he's looking at Peter. He's got dementia at this point. He's probably looking anybody. at Flash Thompson like, hey, I know that guy. He's the guy that serves me my pills at the home. Also, Goblin looks like shit. He he looks like he's fucking tweaking on meth. He lo- yeah, he looks the like... The whole fucking time. He looks like a meth head in a jumpsuit. <laughs> like, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the first Goblin costume. I don't know much people who are. It's silly. And th- it works, whatever. And this one is more faithful to the comics, I guess. But it looks so fucking yeah, bad. Yeah, it looks so bad. He looks like he's tweaking on something. Like, <gasps> this is why the the best appearance of the Goblin has just been the Spider-Verse one where he looks very little like anything from the comics. He doesn't even have a glider. He's just this big Goblin-Dragon hybrid, which is fucking awesome. And I kind of wish they went that <sighs> route instead of what they what we've been getting. All the villains are so bad. In the, they're so bad. And they all look um, like shit. I think it all goes back to the fact that this movie was not meant to stand on its own, really. No, it, it was meant to set up sequels. It was, it was meant to set up Sinister Six. It was meant to set up its own cinematic universe. Yeah. And <sighs> it all fell flat. It, not, nothing about this made me interested in seeing, like... Uh, Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 3 or Sinister 6 or the Black Cat movie I guess they were planning on doing at one point because Felicity Jones is barely in this fucking oh, movie. Oh yeah, right. She's in this movie too. Yeah. So I guess this movie kind of concludes the parent subplot that was built up in the first one. And then it can be summed up with two words. They die. They died. <laughs> awesome. We knew that. Actually, it- okay, you know what's really fucked up? What? I'm not even sure if they fucking died. Okay, so I have the Blu-ray in my hands right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a deleted scene on here called Peter Meets His Father, which I have not watched. <laughs> really? But if anyone's seen it, is the father supposed to still be alive in this movie? Or what the fuck happened? Because God knows we're not going to watch it. Because God knows we're not going to watch it. And God knows I don't think I really care enough to put it on. But oh Jesus Christ. Like... It feels like they filmed the movie chronologically, which I know they don't do, but humor, humor me for a second. Sure. Uh, and they filmed, like, the way too fucking long, like, five-minute plane sequence at the beginning that feels a lot like a Dark Knight Rises ripoff. Yes. Um, 
And then, like, midway through the movie, through filming the movie, they think, Oh, shit! We forgot to wrap that up! <laughs> so, like, uh, have, have Peter find subway tokens. Uh, they, they go to a train. It says, his dad says he's dead. Okay, we're good. We're good. Take up 15 minutes to do this. I don't fucking know. Like, th- and that reminds me. I don't think this movie has a fucking vision. No! Um, you wanna... Its only vision is to sell future movies. Basically, you want to know how I know this? So... I watched the first seven minutes of a 103-minute making-of documentary on the, on the Blu-ray for Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's feature-length. It's 103 minutes long. That's... Uh, oh, fuck. It is embarrassing. And so, in the seven minutes I watched, they're pulling their answers out of their ass about why this movie's good. Yeah, but, I mean, like, like, like you would expect them to. But the one moment I took note of and never wrote down, because it's stuck in my head now... And I screamed at my television at this point was when I think it was Mark Webb said we really wanted Gwen's death to have an impact mm-hmm. in the movie. We so the opening shot of the movie is of a clock mm-hmm. and she dies in a clock tower. And this is supposed to symbolize that time is fleeting and that we should have those enjoy those final moments with the ones that we love. None of this, and boy do I mean none of this, is communicated in any other facet of this fucking movie. This movie is like a Terrence Malick film where they just shot a bunch of shit, and then they said, we'll just figure it out in post. What the fuck are you talking about? You just pulled that symbolism line out of your fucking taint, and you went, oh yeah, I know, I fucking know that this is all deep meaning art shit, like what the fuck is this? I'm so sorry I had phone it's users, okay. but it's you such can, bullshit, it's such can, bullshit. You can say it's, it doesn't fucking mean anything. This is fucking, it's fucking meaningless. Like, the Gwen Stacy fucking... Uh, grad speech had more fucking deep meaning to it than a couple shots of a clock. And that was what ba- the fuck is this shit? And that was basically just like the hang in there poster. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Once again, I'm so sorry to the headphone users who... We apolog- are probably deaf now. We apologize to me in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself, by the way. <laughs> that is the only time I've ever gone off <laughs> on this show. I think it's the most you've, like, screamed and fu- like, because I've had a few freakout moments. But I think that's, that's, if I don't know if it's your only one, but that's your biggest, definitely. <laughs> Which I wasn't really expecting, but I'm very, it was very welcome. <laughs> Speaking of Gwen Stacy's death, uh, <laughs> And Gwen Stacy does die in this movie because I guess they were going for the, for the, uh... Let's just be faithful to the comics thing. Yeah, shit. There seems to be no real emotional reason to kill her off in this movie at all. Yeah. Comic backstory, real fucking quick. Uh, the night, the night Gwen Stacy died was an editorial mandate. Yeah. That said, like, look, you can't have Mary Jane and Gwen running around at the same time. Pick one and, uh, find a way to get rid of the other. Like, okay, well, Mary Jane's an interesting character, and Gwen is fucking boring. So Stan Lee was like, yeah, let's kill her off. Uh, And uh, it did... To be fair, The Night Gwen Stacy Died is, like, one of the better Spider-Man comics. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it is actually one of the darker ones, too. Yeah, of course. I mean, someone dies! Yeah, and it does form the backbone for Peter's antagonism with the Green Lantern, and I, even if it is, like, a, a very unfortunate case of fridging women. Yeah. Uh, and they did kind of build on that more in Spider-Man Blue by Jeff Loeb, which is a really fucking good comic. Gwen Stacy dying is like was like her only character trait for many years. Mm-hmm. And in the modern era when she does have more of a defined character, yeah. It just kind of feels like cheap drama uh that you throw in because well, Gwen Stacy died in the comics, so that's how that's how it's got to be. To give an example, like if they if they tried did done that in Spider-Verse <laughs> with Spider with Spider-Gwen, that would have felt really fucking bad. <laughs> Like her or not, like, Gwen Stacy in these movies does have a character. Yeah. I guess they kind of fucking ruined Peter and Gwen's relationship in this movie. Like, or whatever whatever there was of it. Because all the dynamics between them are so fucking forced. Yeah. And awkward and drawn out. By by the midpoint, like, I'm just completely checked out of their relationship so that when they do kill her off, it's like, well, that's pretty fucking cheap. I know you only did it because that's what they did in the comics. It didn't add any emotional weight to it. Yeah. So, what the fuck am I supposed to feel about it? Especially because, like, the first little bit of this movie, their relationship is just restating the point from the from, at the end of the last movie until they inevitably get back together. It's the will they will won't they bullshit again. And you know how much I fucking hate that shit because I talked about it for, like, three hours in the Raimi episode. But that's, like, the first half of this fucking movie. And it's still so fucking annoying. And but it does include a hundred percent more disapproving Dennis Larry ghost dad. Oh God! We talked about so it already. Fucking funny. It's so That's good. the funniest thing Dennis Larry's ever done. He wasn't <laughs> trying to be funny. <laughs> oh, but God. yeah, their relationship is basically, hey, you like that annoying shit we threw in the mix at the end of the last movie? How about a whole fucking movie of that? Yeah. There's a point in this movie where I think of. Uh, news anchor like references um spider-man as being the web crawler (laughs) what the fuck is wrong with you he's the web header he's the wall crawler he's not but you can't call him late for dinner shut the fuck up (laughs) 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 yeah uh i think a lot of our problems with this movie kind of boil down to the fact that it's a movie design like the mcu movies it's a movie designed to sell other movies Unlike the MCU movies, this movie is fucking terrible. And, yeah, it's a movie driven entirely by marketing. Because it had to set up not only Amazing Spider-Man 3, but the Sinister Six, the Black Cat movie, which is why you had Velocity Jones shoehorned in there for no reason. Yeah. Basically, a whole cinematic universe was going to be set up off the heels of this movie. Which, to an extent, is still going on. It's just Spider-Man is completely not in it anymore. Yeah. Because Venom came out, and I guess Morbius is coming out pretty relatively soon, which... Sure! Oh, fucking whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but should we talk about who's responsible for this? Yes. Because, okay. So a Our common, friend. A common thread in Spider-Man is, the, in Spider-Man movies, is the prevalence of one Avi Arad. Our friend and hero. Our friend, hero, lover. Avi Arad <laughs> is an Israeli-American businessman who, uh, along with Ike Perlmutter was a kind of i forget if he was ceo or owner of toy biz which was a like a toy company yeah which ended up buying marvel because marvel was going bankrupt in the 90s 
And I think the, I think they originally started with a minority share, but eventually they just took over the whole company. Mm-hmm. Uh, which so Pearl Mutter was on top, and Arad had a very powerful position within Marvel. I forget what his exact position was. Anyway, under his influence, like Marvel actually started doing a little better. Yeah. Because they started licensing their products, uh, basically to anything that wasn't a comic book. So movie rights were sold off. The animated series were commissioned. So that's why you had stuff like the Spider-Man animated series and the X-Men animated series. Some of which Avi Rod is actually cre- accredited with being an executive producer. Okay. Uh, a lot of the Marvel movies that came out afterward, like Blade and uh, I think X-Men Two, definitely Daredevil, were uh, had Avi Rod as a in either a producer or executive producer role. Yeah. Every Spider-Man movie, actually, uh, even the MCU ones, has Avi Rod as either a producer or an executive producer. Same thing with Spider Verse. Same thing with Spider Verse. He's one. He's a main producer in that, and which is why he was on the stage at the Oscars when it won Best Animated uh, Best Animated Feature. He should not even be near an Oscar stage. I swear to God. It's it was very surreal seeing that. But so a common thread in Spider Man movies that go very very wrong, and by that me- I mean Spider Man Three and Amazing Spider Man Two. Avi Arad is always at the center of that. Uh, I mean producers in general are at the center of that, but Avi Arad is at the center of the center of that mm-hmm. because. Well, I'll just uh, list through some stuff that he's been associated with. He actually, actually, his one good thing that I found was that originally they wanted to make a love triangle between Peter, MJ, and Doc Ock. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God he uh, squashed that. But he's the one, as is well known, and as we mentioned, he insisted on having Venom in Spider-Man 3. So was it going to be uh, Peter was in love with both MJ and Doc Ock? Or? I think... Uh, I. <laughs> Because that'd be fucking great. That I would have been down for. I think it was a younger Doc Ock who was in love with Mary Jane. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, they went the boring hetero route. He insisted on crea- um, putting Venom in Spider-Man 3 because Venom would sell more toys. Yeah. Because Avi Rod is foremost a businessman. And a lot of his creative differences with Sam Raimi kind of led to the collapse of that franchise. And uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, he uh, commit he pushed Lizard as the as the villain because Lizard is his favorite Spider-Man villain. Also, Lizard would sell toys. He's kind of been hinted by Andrew Garfield, or at least him as a member of the producers, as being kind of the reason that movie sucked. Like Garfield said in an interview. That he genuinely loved the original script from Orsi and Kurtzman and take that with whatever grain of salt you will. I got to work in deep scenes that you don't usually see in comic book movies and I got to explore this orphan boy. A lot of which was taken out and which we explored more. And to make way for Avi Arad wanting to sell movies and toys. That last part was, compar- was me adding context. <laughs> Not that wasn't what Andrew Garfield said because I presume he still wants to work in Hollywood. Anyway, I don't know if you want to chime in, but I think Avi Arad is very... In- is the picture of a problem that's very endemic in Hollywood. Like, he's a almost cartoonish representation of what Hollywood is at this point. Yeah. Where... Basically. Where the, the movie is a medium with which to sell more and more products. Yeah, basically, like, Avi Arad is... He is literally the commerce in art. Yeah. He's that guy who's like, I just want money. His products are created not with the intention of being art but with the intention of being vehicles with which to sell toys with which to sell future movies with which to sell um costumes halloween costumes with which to i guess sell comics that kind of came secondary which makes it all the more like kind of mind-boggling that he i I don't know how much he was involved with spider-verse 
Okay. But uh, it kind of makes it mind-boggling that like that movie was that good with him involved in as a producer role. Yeah. <laughs> because he tends to want to shoehorn in whatever will end up selling, moving the most product. Mm-hmm. And I guess the point we're driving at here is that Aviarod sucks ass. Yeah, he kind of does. I don't think there's a whole lot we can really say about him besides he sucks ass and he's the big reason why a lot of the fatal flaws with this franchise and the Sam Raimi franchise, you know, exist. Yeah. And why those franchises fell apart. I'd love to ask you where you see the future of this franchise, but we all know it went fucking nowhere! <laughs> Technically, the franchise is kind of still going on because of all the spin-off movies that they were planned that are just, like, now coming to fruition. So, like, the Venom movies, Morbius is coming out. Uh, I think the Silver Sable one got canned. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll do a Sinister Six one eventually, but I may- don't fucking know. Uh, probably not. Maybe maybe Black Cat. I think they were gonna do an Aunt May solo movie. At Jesus point, Christ! Which... <laughs> I mean, it seems like more than a little bit of a push, of a stretch yeah, for like, material. But basically, this franchise is dead in the water, uh, and we're all the better for it because we got two way better kind of Spider-Man reimaginings think, out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, so would you recommend Spider- The Amazing Spider-Man 2? No, fuck no. <laughs> Thank God. It's an you. awful movie. <laughs> uh, I would not either. That's thumbs down for both of us. There's very little... Re- if you liked the, amazing, the first Amazing Spider-Man, and there are people who like it, like, th- there's nothing in this continuation that would add to your enjoyment of the first one no no uh if you like the character of spider-man this will do nothing for you this will do nothing for you i guess you can just look at the costume but you can do that in like promotional art or something yeah um there's nothing in this movie that is enjoyable uh i hate it and i know you are not fond of it either (laughs) no i don't fucking like it either so i guess we're done finally we're done with spider-man we we're sure. done with comic book movies. We're done with comic books. So, Stefan, you want to talk about Comic-Con? No, actually. Well, we're going to. What? So, it. So we're recording this on Sunday the 21st, so I think the last day of Comic-Con, or one of the last days of Comic-Con? It's, if it's not the last day, it's... it's uh, Second last, for It's sure. the day after the last day. Yeah. It's definitely last or the day after the last one. Yeah. You mean day before the last one? What the fuck ever. Just keep talking. <laughs> So we watched a few trailers from Comic-Con that dropped, and we're just going to quickly talk about them. Yeah. Um, first, I'm You're welcome qu- for the scintillating bonus content. <laughs> and by bonus content, we mean we just want more views. Yep. Anyway, so I'll quickly start. So I watched the Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends title announcement. I did not watch these because I couldn't get less of a shit about Halloween. It's but... literally 25 seconds of them going, these are the titles for the new ones, and this is when they're coming out. And I'm going to say real quick, I didn't want these at all. I really didn't want... Okay, so we'll talk about this in a later episode, I'm sure. But I really love the new Halloween movie. And I think it's a great fitting end to the franchise. And I think it's time that they just leave Michael Myers well enough alone. And they just stop making these fucking movies. So I'm a little pissed they're making two more, but everyone from the original creative team is coming back, so we'll see. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I didn't want these to begin with. I guess speaking of stuff that wasn't actually a trailer, we also learned that Marvel Phase 4 is happening and has a shitload of movies and TV shows and I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> So Thor Love and Thunder looks good. Thor Love and Thunder is a fucking great title. And definitely the horniest title in all the MCU. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Blade. 
Blade looks cool. I really, I, I think the Hawkeye TV show is the only Marvel TV show that's gotten me excited since Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Yeah, kind of. Because um, it's going to bring in Kate Bishop, and she's one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Most of the other TV shows I don't really give a shit about. As for the movies, like, they announced Black Panther 2. I was already on board for Spider-Man 3 and Guardians 3. Uh, Eternals is fucking weird, and <laughs> that's I'm, a I'm, weird choice. I know nothing about the Eternals. I'm but... more shocked they're doing What If. Also, What If. That's ver- that's a, that, that's a TV show, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a strange concept. I'm not going to say I'm, like, super on board for it, but... It's interesting that they're doing it, I guess. It'll be fun. Uh, Shang-Chi is fucking way out of left field, but okay. Uh, Dark- Black Widow is coming out super early. Doctor Strange, is- Do- Doctor Strange is ex- a thing that exists. Yeah, I guess my main takeaway is uh, I'm excited for Hawkeye. I'm excited for Thor 4. And where the fuck is my Moon Knight show, you cowards? Uh, and- I don't care about the rest of it, honestly. <laughs> There's really nothing else there where I'm like, I'm really excited for this, because I don't give a shit. Give me Hawkeye, Thor, the third Spider-Man, and the third Guardians, and uh, the other stuff I'll see at my own pace. I don't really care about it. We also saw the trailer for it, Chapter 2. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It looks, it looks good. It, Whoops. I'm still going to see it, because I really like the first one. Yeah, um, I, like, I like the first one, too. I don't like the jump scares, but I do really like the first one. Yeah, same. We're going to do a sequel to on it. It's fine. Who cares? Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I saw the trailer for that. How was that? Um, Do you like Jay and Silent Bob movies? Do you like Kevin Smith that much? I, I like Kevin Smith. I don't know that I give a shit about watching another Jay and Silent Bob movie. I, I chuckled. I'm, I mean, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Strikes Back is probably one of my least favorite films from that time. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith movies. But I kind of want to see this just for the hell of it. Because I do really like a lot of these characters, and I kind of just want to see one more movie from them. I'm sure it won't be that great, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, I also watched the trailer for the Steven Universe movie, mm. and I've only watched like seven episodes of the show, so I just don't care. My partner's into it, though, and he seems okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a meh. I watched the trailer for the English dub of the fourth season of My Hero Academia. I mean, the trailer itself kind of sucks, but I was already hyped, and I don't watch the English dub anyway, so whatever. Oh, goody. Um, I guess we're going into TV shows. I'm going to talk about the trailer for the uh, Shudder original uh, TV series, uh, Creep Show. I uh, Sure. Okay, so they're just making a TV show at a Creep Show, and what better time to do it? I'm actually surprised they haven't tried rebooting Tales from the fucking Crypt at this point. Mm-hmm. It seems a little more jump scare focused than I was hoping, but I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping it's okay. But we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, if we want to talk about trailers I'm more excited for, let's talk about his Dark Materials. Ooh, that looks good. That looks really good. I'm uh, so excited. I haven't read the books. It's one of the series that I always wanted to read, but never did. You have read the books? I have read the books. Yeah. I haven't read them in such a long time, but I've read the books. Yeah. And, uh, I guess the Golden Compass movie kind of sucked. Uh, I haven't seen it, yeah. but I heard it was bad. Ooh, it so, is. So, this will be nice. It has the girl who played, um... The little girl in Logan. Yeah, Laura, uh, Laura Kinney. Yes. Who was... All- Side note, also one of my favorite Marvel characters, but she's not playing that here, so who gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> yes, that looks great. I'm really into it. I wish I had. I kind of wish I had canceled HBO after Game of Thrones because there's that and there's something else on our, our list. Yeah, Watchmen, which looks fucking great. That looks fucking awesome. I I'm so glad they're doing a sequel to Watchmen and not just readapting the book. Also, I'm really happy that they're not going the Doomsday Clock route. Yeah. I was just merging it with DC. Yeah, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a better Watchmen sequel than Doomsday Clock ever wished it could be. Yeah. Also watch the trailer for The Witcher's to fan. 
looks fine. It yeah, looks good. It looks it, fine. I, I'd I mean, prob- I'll probably watch at least the first few episodes. I have zero investment in the property as a whole, I've whether re- it be the books or the games. So I haven't I read really the books, care. and I've played a little bit of The Witcher 3. Okay. And all reports I've heard are that, from people that have either read the books or played the games, is that they're really happy with the trailer. So, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that's all that matters. You excited for the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, speaking of Netflix shows? I don't think I ever actually watched that trailer, but oh, right. I, I will at some point. It Did looks you? good. Yeah? It looks like fun. You know, I mean, it looks like they're doing a lot of the practical puppeteering stuff. So that's oh, that's awesome. good. I'd, I'd be disappointed if they did that. Oh, yeah. No, if they were going all CGI, I'd be fucking floored. Because, I mean, like, even the previous trailer was going for the puppeteering thing, and it looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it goes well. We're going to be doing a sequel to K on it. Yeah. We're very excited. And the last show was Star Trek Picard. I never actually saw the trailer. How was that? Um, it looks fine. I got a little frustrated with how many times they kept, like, shoehorning in a bunch of fan service into the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you're a Star Trek The Next Generation fan and you just want to see a lot of your favorite characters come back, I think you're going to fucking love the trailer and I think you're going to be really jazzed for it. I think it looks fine. <laughs> I don't think it looks great. I think it just looks okay. Yeah. Um, I hope it's better than what I've heard Star Trek Discovery is. I've heard very mixed things about it. I've heard it. really mixed things about it, and I just, I don't know if I want to watch or not. Um, the Orville looks great, though. <laughs> oh, the Orville's awesome, actually. Really? I think it's, like, surprisingly for a Seth MacFarlane show, I'm surprised at how much I like the Orville. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, oh, God, I, I really fucking enjoy that show. Like, it feels closer to Star Trek than from than what I've heard Discovery is. Mm-hmm. And I'd say it's closer to Star Trek than two-thirds of the J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I, I've been meaning to watch The Orville. I will get it's on that. It's really good. Like, it's my favorite Seth Rogen... Or, not Seth Rogen, Seth MacFarlane show by far. <laughs> um, and I got two more movie trailers I watched. One was kind of a featurette and one was an actual trailer. Yeah. So I'll start with Top Gun Maverick. Which I have no interest in, but go off. <laughs> I love watching Tom Cruise do stunts, so I'm excited. <laughs> and now to talk about Terminator Dark Fate, which... Basically, all they did at the panel was say, one, the movie's going to be rated R. Who gives a shit? Uh, I do. And two, um, Edward Furlong is going to be reprising his role as John Connor. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) It doesn't get any less funny. The more you say it. Who was clamoring for Edward Furlong to come back? Actually, you'll be surprised. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to um, imagine. Well, you were saying this to me earlier. Like, how many people know of Edward Furlong's existence? Yeah, I, I did. I, when, when I told you, you asked me if he was actually dead. Yeah, I was pretty sure he was dead. I thought he had OD'd, honestly. And he hasn't really been working in forever, either. <laughs> no, he hasn't. He's not really a working actor anymore. Not really. He's... So I'm surprised he's coming back. So... But, wow. I mean, at least the movie being rated R is promising, but I still don't have a lot of interest in the movie. I mean, the movie looks like shit. I think the yeah. only positive takeaway that I, is that I'm assuming this means that Edward Furlong is probably in a better place. Yeah. So Which is good. Which is good for him. Yeah, that, 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 that would be good. But, I'm uh... going hunting. <laughs> I'm um, going hunting. And now we got to talk about our favorite trailer from Comic Con. Cats. <sighs> <laughs> wow. 
Holy shit. Okay. Jesus motherfucking Christ. So, so this movie, this trailer anyway, it makes me want to go full anarcho-primitivist and say, like, society was a mistake. <laughs> Advancing technologically beyond hunter-gathering societies was a fucking mistake. It's all led to this movie. This is all our fault. This is a monument to man's arrogance. <laughs> and we need we need to st- we need to go back we need to fucking nuke hollywood <laughs> and basically we need to do the end of fight club we need to reset society at zero <laughs> because this this was the culmination of all our fucking efforts i have a question stefan what what the fuck were they thinking <laughs> what the fuck made them go oh let's just have everyone in cgi cat form trancing around and i don't know what trancing is <laughs> prancing prancing yeah <laughs> i don't know why i said trancing prancing around and singing memory oh god and jennifer hudson cat is the scariest looking cat i've ever fucking seen in my lifetime you're forgetting about the jason derulo cat <laughs> oh fuck right the jason derulo cat jason I, derulo. I swear to god if there is not a scene in this movie where they sing the jason derulo thing to the tune of memory i'm going to fucking kill myself because <laughs> that is the only way i will fucking go see this thing oh my god it looks so bad like i thought i was on acid for about two and a half fucking minutes to fan <laughs> Uh, when they first announced this movie, and I don't know why I remember when they first announced it, I thought that it was going to be, like, an animated movie. Well, like, I think Spielberg's like, original plan, because I think he was supposed to be a director at one point, was to make it animated. I, I would And I, good! I, I kind of would have been down for that. I'm basically thinking, like, 3D animated Aristocats, but better. Like... Ideally. No, I think it was well, supposed to be 2D. I don't even remember. But, well, I don't, I don't fucking but, know. But, uh, but here's the thing. Between this and the new Lion King... What is it with this uncanny valley photorealistic animal humanoid bullshit? <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking? What the fuck are they doing? Oh, why can't we just like stop Tom Hooper while we can? Who at Universal was like, this is great. Great job, guys. Yeah, this is wonderful. I, I, who was the dipshit who approved all this? Who's think, the dipshit that looked at this trailer and went, beautiful? I think what's getting lost in the designs for this is that like, People thought, like, oh yeah, let's just CGI the cat suits from the musical without taking into account that A, those cat looks look like, that those cat suits look awful, and B, the musical sucks ass. No, I, I should probably say it while I'm here. Andrew Lloyd Webber is a fucking hack. Yeah. Are you going to see this movie ironically for the memes? I'm, I refuse to pay, like, a, like money to see this. Okay. I'm not. What if like, I paid for you? Well, yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can't but, wait for that one off. Um,. Fun fact, Andrew Lloyd Webber was technically a politician for a while. Oh, Jesus. He was uh, the, in the British equivalent of the Senate, which is called the House of Lords. Because of course it is. Uh, Pompous douchebags. <laughs> sidestep into British politics, I guess. But the House of Lords has like 26 members that are bishops. <laughs> and the rest are just like appointed, like essentially celebrities or high-ranking party members that are appointed by, I think, the prime minister or the cabinet or something. So it's like basically this mishmash of bourgeois democracy, aristocracy, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, the, and I guess religion, which of course is going to work out for everybody. <laughs> anyway, that was my tangent on how much Andrew Lloyd Webber can go eat dick. Anyway, so fuck cats, fuck Andrew Lloyd Webber, fuck this movie, fuck anyone at Universal who thought that visually this looks stunning, yeah. and fuck anyone who thought let's cast Jason Derulo. Anyway, thanks for coming to Collider Movie Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we just wanted views, guys, okay? Yeah. We're um, completely and utterly shameless. No, of course not. But anyway, so, Stefan, 
Let's wrap this bitch up. Tell us about the socials. Okay, so you can find us on Twitter at, at @decaysequel. Uh, find us on Facebook too, at, which is just Sequel Decay. Sequel Decay. Uh, we have a Patreon set up. Uh, you're listening to this on YouTube, so we obviously have that. Um, SoundCloud will figure out eventually. SoundCloud will figure out hopefully soon, actually. Um, but you can follow all of us on Twitter. Follow all of us on Twitter. And if you want to find some more of my stuff, um, I'm actually now a contributor for Scratch Cinema. I actually just found that out today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Clap one more time. One more time. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. <laughs> Give me the clap, damn it. Give me the fucking clap. Mm. Okay, now we're done.